How many of you ever had that when you were up? Did you have a wall where your parents marked the little tick marks to watch how much you grew? And you'd go back later and try to measure yourself. Where did I go? Well, that's exactly within this age of technology. There's some people that they plan so far ahead. It's like, man, we're going to take a picture of our kid every day or once a week and measure it. So that's amazing to have that much diligence to, to save all those pictures and do that. But uh, this is that's the intro. We're starting a new series today on growth. Uh, that's the word to New Life Fellowship for this year, for 2016. Uh, that's what he's speaking to us. Uh, that's not just, hey, I, I hope it was a good thing or we could grow. Because sometimes when I pray about what's God going to do for this coming year, you know, December, November, that's when I start praying, Lord, what's, what's going on for, for the next year, for the following year? And I heard God say growth this year. And it was one of those things that I was kind of like, well, is that really just what I want? You know, is, am I really hearing God or is that just that that's just him? You know, that's just me wishing that would happen. Well, that's, this is really what God's speaking to us. And if you've been around for any length of time, you know that New Life Fellowship is a diverse supernatural community helping people encounter Jesus. And one of the things that we think one of the reasons we value supernatural is we believe God still speaks to people today, that, that he is alive, that he has a vibrant living relationship with us and we can hear him. So when we pray and say, Lord, what are you doing in this situation? we can expect to hear his voice. And so as we prayed, as the leadership team prayed into it a little bit with me, we really felt like this is God's word to us this year, is we are going to grow. So it's not something I just made up, and uh, Jesus is doing it anyway. He's, he's supernatural, he's speaking to us, and he's building the church. So that, that's part of what's going on in our midst right now. And if you remember way back to 2015, if you've been here for the entire year, uh, in January last year I talked about the word for 2015 was alignment. So this is just a refresher for everybody. Uh, what happens when you get aligned? Things get shifted around and they get put into their proper place. And I really saw how they tied together when I started getting the word grow. Because if you grow and you're out of alignment, what happens? It's painful. You can't walk straight. You, you begin to walk and compensate and you start having issues with your life. But God really spent 2015 shifting some things around putting some people and things into position, making some changes in the physical building. He was bringing some alignment to us because the word for this year is he wants us to grow. So that's that's how they tie together. So over the next few weeks as we go through this series, uh, today I'm just going to share some basics, kind of intro the message and lay some groundwork on growth. But we'll spend some time talking about church growth versus personal growth. They are related. Trust me. Trust me in that. New Life Fellowship will not grow if we are not growing as individuals. So we'll spend some time talking about that. We're going to talk about growth factors. What are some things we can do to position ourselves to grow? What's the environment look like? That's some things we do. And then some nuts and bolts of how do we grow? What, what are the actual choices and the steps we take to see ourselves grow in the coming year? So sometimes there are people that are afraid to grow for various reasons. I was thinking about them this week. What, what would ever hinder somebody? Because can I tell a story? I, I hate, I hate tearing down, this, this is not meant to disparage any other denomination, but I had a friend uh, who, who was working as a pastor, and he got called to go to this church in Florida. And I, I won't say what the denomination was, but their average age, because Florida is a little bit older anyway, right? The, the average age in this church was in the 80s. And, and so the, the person that called him to come down said, hey, we want to get younger, we want to get relevant, we want to do all these things. And he got down there. And it wasn't true. And it, it was like they did. He actually did a survey of the people in the congregation and they surveyed this congregation. And 92 percent of the people in the congregation says we like it just the way it is. We don't want to grow. 
you know, because I'm thinking in my mind, well, certainly, like, everybody in church wants to grow, and they want to see their lives thrive and become more like Jesus and see the church grow, but there are actually places out there that people don't want to grow. So for whatever reason, some people fear growth because of what it entails and the changes that come. And a couple of things that I thought about, uh, one of them, if you go to the next slide, here's this cartoon. Some people are afraid that you're going to force me to grow and be something other than what I want to be. So there's this little girl. The mom says, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the little girl says, myself. You know, it's like, is it a trick question? Is there something else? Do I have another choice to be somebody or something else? We can't be afraid of growth because here's a secret. God made you you. And, and his desire for you is to be the best version of you that you can be. And this is part of the mystery. You don't lose your identity just because you grow as a Christian. This, this is part of the mystery of the Trinity. You know, the Father, Son, and the Spirit. They, they are different aspects of God. They're, they're different personalities, but they are all God. Just as much Father, just as much the Son, just as much the Holy Spirit. Part of the mystery is you can be just like Jesus and still be you. And so when we grow, it's not losing our identity or being something other. Nobody's going to force you to fit in a cookie cutter mold to say you have to conform to be this way. That's part of the beauty of the church, isn't it? The diversity in what we see. That's that's one of the key words in our vision statement. The diversity is what gives it beauty. And we all become more and more just like Jesus while still being us. And that's part of the great. So we should embrace growing because we don't lose ourselves in that. And then another thing I saw this week, I saw this sign. If you go to the next one, anybody ever seen a sign like this as it was outside of a business that said, don't grow up. It's a trap. <laughs> Has anybody ever heard that saying or seen somebody I've seen? I've seen since, you know, if you start looking for it, you see it everywhere. I've seen people with shirts that say it. They post little pictures. Now, that sounds like a cute saying and a cute sentiment. I know what they mean by like, hey, I don't want the responsibility. It's so fun being a kid. Don't grow up. It's a trap. They'll, they'll give you a job and they'll give you responsibility. How many of you know that looks like a cute sentiment, but that is not God's will for you? That, that, that is actually a lie dressed in cuteness to say, don't grow up. It's, it's a trap. The reality is God's will for us is to grow. And uh, one of the key verses we're going to hang on to throughout this series is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. You saw it at the beginning of the video. It said, God wants us to grow up. Look at your neighbor say, God wants us to grow up. That's not just Pastor Chris telling you that. That's actually a scriptural truth that God wants us to grow up. It says this, God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth and tell it in love like Christ in everything. One of God's goals for us is to grow up. He is desperately wanting. It is a goal that he has set and he's working through the Holy Spirit to accomplish it. But he wants us to grow up. And what's crazy and what's amazing about God is he doesn't get bitter and angry when we're not complying with the program fast enough. Because I, I am a parent. And if you are a parent, you've had this experience. Why aren't you doing this? Like you, you're looking at your child thinking, why can't you be more mature? Why can't you be more responsible? And sometimes we start getting a little frustrated and we start doing things that aren't very godly in our parenting. Uh, maybe it's just me. You know, you guys, you guys all might be perfect parents, but I've had this experience where you start thinking, you did what? And what's amazing about the father he's a good good god just like we sang it you are good all the time lord he doesn't get bent out of shape he sees our imperfections he sees the the failings that we have and he knows hey i'm still with you not going to leave you i'm still going to work the plan in fact i'm going to take even your your dumb decisions and the the mess ups you've made and i'm going to work them together for your good that's how amazing the lord is 
So, but his will for us, a goal for us, is he wants us to grow, to know him, to become more like Christ in every way. It says to know the whole truth. There, there is an aspect of knowing him in every single way that we can work into our lives, and it causes us to begin to grow to be just like Jesus. So as we're talking about growing, uh, I, I consulted Mr. Webster this week. If, you know, if, if I'm hearing this word from the Lord, growth is what God's wanting to happen in our church this year. Well, what does that mean? What does it look like, Lord? So I went to the good old-fashioned dictionary, and this is what it says. How many of you know it's, it's not unspiritual to read the dictionary? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, if, if, I hope if you're reading a word in the Bible and you don't know what it means, it's okay, go find it in the dictionary. You can do that in any book that you're reading. Uh, go look it up. So I looked up growth this week, and here are some of the definitions. The first one it said was to become larger, to increase in size or amount. And I, that scared me because one of my resolutions this new year was to become smaller in size. But uh, obviously he's not talking about our waistline. He's talking about the influence we have, the numbers that are among us. He says to grow, to become larger and to increase in size. A second definition was to become better or improved in some way, to become more developed or mature. That's, that's a pretty cool goal that God has for us as a church and as a people, as individuals, to grow and to become more mature, to improve in some way. And the third definition was to change from being a child to being an adult, to go from childhood to adulthood. And as I was reading those definitions, you might be thinking, well, which one of those definitions is for us for this year? All of them. I, I believe there is some aspect God wants to work into us as individuals and us corporately. You know, there, there are definitions of things that apply to us as individuals and the church. How many of you know going, we, we always think about this in our own personal life. We think, oh, I'm going from childhood to adulthood. Time passes. I can see the effects of it. We watched that on the video this morning. Somebody goes as a little baby and then they grow and they become mature. How many of you know churches go through the same growth life cycles as, as individuals? There, there are seasons of maturity that churches enter into that, you know, because, come on, we say this sometimes. Uh, if you plant a new church somewhere, some, some pastor friends, they talk about, oh, well, the church was birthed in 1978 or whatever. They talk about it just like us having a natural birth and us being born again. They talk about churches being birthed. Well, if we grow as a person and become older and mature and set away some things and, and grow and, and develop, it happens corporately also. There are seasons and life cycles that churches go through and we enter into new phases. So when God's saying, hey, 2016 is a year of growth for you, he's not just talking individually. He's also talking to us corporately that there is a, there is a new life cycle and season that you're entering into. Uh, so it is a given that we all need to grow. You know, in spite of what opinions some people hold, in spite of the experience that my, my friend had at the church in Florida, I think it is a given that we should be desiring to grow. And if we are not growing, we are dying. You know, there, there is growth that's happening. Whether you're conscious of it right now, your cells are reproducing, they're splitting, their things are happening. If you stop growing, you start dying. And it's the same, the same is true in, in our walk with Jesus. If we stop growing, if we choose like, hey, this is far enough, no more. I've, I've done, all the, done, done all the walking and learning that I'm going to do in the Christian life. I'm just going to stop right here. I don't think it's a heaven or hell issue. I don't, I don't think you know, God's going to close the door on you in eternity. But I do think you begin to experience death. You don't see the fullness of that abundant life that Bill was talking about during communion. The, the joy that we have, the righteousness, peace, and joy that's found in the kingdom that we walk in, we stop seeing it if we stop growing, which is the same as dying. So growing is a given. That's what we're after. And the, and the definitions we read, those are great definitions. But when the rubber meets the road, growth requires us to be involved. 
there's some change that's going to happen in our lives. Not everything changes, but enough that sometimes we get uncomfortable. Uh, can I, I tell stories on dad all the time. Dad was not huge on change. My mom still lives in the same house I was born in. Okay, so dad was not big on change. He from first through 12th grade, I think he went to like 15 or 16 different schools. So so when he got to Pittsburgh, it was like, hey, enough with the change. We're going to plant right here and that's it. So he wasn't big on change. But for some reason, we need to change. There is there is an amount and an aspect of growing and changing that's good in our lives. And and we need to embrace it sometimes. Um, And it also uh, I was thinking as, as those definitions happen and we want to grow, there are new things that we're going to embrace. There, there are things that come into our lives that, that we need to hold on to. Um, I heard my, my one pastor friend, he says this saying, everyone is teachable until you try to teach them something. <laughs> or everyone is flexible until you, until you try to change something. Like, like, come on, this is true in the church. Like everybody says, oh, yeah, we're with you, pastor. All the changes, yes, we're flexible, we're great. And then you want to change something. They're like, well, I didn't think you meant change that. So there, there are new things that we embrace because we want to grow and we want to change and we want to reach the world for Jesus. And sometimes embracing new things also means letting go of some old things. You know, some things we're happy to get rid of. You know, if, if, I, if I still was trying to wear the, the same clothes I fit in at 12 years old, not a very good experience, is it? I'm not even sure I could get a leg in there. Size could probably still fit the clothes he was wearing at 12 because he is a string bean. But there are some things it's like, man, I have to let that go to embrace the new things that God's bringing in my life. Whatever that may be, that's, that's really where the rubber meets the road. So today, uh, just to kind of move into the groundwork of what we're laying for the series, I want to talk about two types of growth that we all experience. And we're going to cover one today and, and lead into the next one for next week. But there are two types of growth. There is unintentional growth and intentional growth. And we're going to talk about what that means in our lives, because whether you realize it or not, we've all experienced both of those types of growth in our life at some point or another. Uh, so the, the first one is unintentional growth. There are several things that happen just because you are alive. Man, my prop disappeared. Where'd he go? Leo, Leo was going to help me out this morning, but he was he was hungry. He's oh, he's there he is. Can I hold him for a second? He's falling asleep, you know. Leo is the only one in the room that has permission to sleep during the sermon. Aw, can I hold you? Can you come see Pap? Oh yeah, Pap loves you, buddy. Pap loves you, buddy. You're doing good. You're doing all right? Yeah. Um, this is Leo. This is my youngest grandson. And he, he had a little bit of a traumatic week. He had a little accident at the house and, and bounced. Um, thank God that kids are resilient. And, and that things things are, are working out okay. So, But we've been praying for you a lot this week, buddy. Yeah, Pep loves you so much. So here's Leo. And Leo is experiencing growth in his life. You know, there there is some unintentional growth that's happening to him. Uh, if you look at that cartoon up there, he says, If you don't like change, Grandpa, why didn't you just stay a kid? <laughs> Wouldn't we all have picked that, maybe? Like, hey, if I could choose to just stay at a certain age. But you can't because growth happens, right? It just comes in our life. There are some things that happen that we can't avoid, and one of them is growing up. And Leo is going to grow. Uh, you know, when he starts crying, he's not thinking, oh, I really need some healthy food right now because I want to put on some muscle and I want to strengthen my legs and I want to grow up and I'm, I'm waiting to be this tall. He's not thinking any of that, is he? No. He's just like, oh, there's something going on in my belly that's uncomfortable. And he starts crying. And what happens? Someone feeds him and he grows. 
And his, his muscles get stronger. He begins to hold his neck up. His legs will develop. He's going to grow whether he, he's consciously thinking and putting the effort into it or not. It's happening. It's just a response. Boy, this stomach hurts. Feed me. And that's kind of, that's where we all start off our Christian life. Um, here's a verse for you in First Peter chapter 2. You know this one? Do you want to say it for me? No? No? He's like, he's like now I know what's going on, and I'm liking this spotlight here. Yeah. You want to you help Pap read it? First Peter chapter 2 and verse 2 says this, Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. Isn't that a great verse? Isn't that a picture of what Leo does when he's wanting to grow? Crave pure spiritual milk. Why? So you will grow into a full experience of salvation. And he says, cry out for this nourishment. When we come to know Scripture, or when we come to know Jesus, Scripture tells us that we're born again. Is that, you guys are familiar with that term, right? And there's, there's been times in society and in different places and phases that the word born again gets a bad rap. Like, oh, are you one of those born again Christians? And uh, one of our elders, Steve Mack, he tells me when people ask him that, he says, is there any other kind? Like, like that's, you know, Jesus had this whole talk with Nicodemus, and then that's what he says. You have to be born again. There, there is no other kind of Christian except a born-again Christian, because when the Holy Spirit comes, when you believe in Jesus, he turns you into a new person. You are born again. And just like Leo was born, there are things that happen in our lives. We just begin to cry out. Have you ever met a new Christian that they say something along the lines of, man, I just can't get enough of the Bible. I, I got to be there every time the doors open at church. Like we, we know people, we've had this experience ourselves. We know people like that. Why is that? Because when we get born again, we're like babies where we just begin to cry out. Like, I don't even know what's stirring this in my soul. I don't even know, but I'm, I'm, the response I'm having is, I need something. Feed me. You know, I, can, I devour the Word. I can't get a, enough of being around people, God's people, to encourage me and to grow. That's because we're babies. And, and Paul's telling us, hey, that's just how we should maintain. Continue to cry out, to ask God to feed that nourishment so that we grow, Right? Yes. Say, you can say amen. This, I'm, I'm not a very political person, but I did see Jeb Bush this week, and he gave a speech, and it got real quiet, and he says, please clap. <laughs> and I thought, man, isn't that just like preachers? Like, we say something we, we think is so profound, and we're like, can I get an amen? You know? It's good, right? That was a good point. He's giving me a thumbs up. So we grow unintentionally, and the, the full potential of adulthood is in Leo. Come on. Everything he needs to grow and to, to be a man is in there. But he has, to, he has to walk in it. He has to grow some. You know, he, he can't fit the same pants that Daniel's wearing. You know, his dad's pants don't fit him right now, but that potential is in there. And it's the same thing when we get born again. The, the potential to be exactly like Jesus is inside of us, but we have to walk into it. There is some growing that needs to happen in our lives because we are not very much like Jesus when we first meet him. But the longer that we walk with him, the more we become in that image because we grow. And that's what he's after in our lives. You, you are saved, but you are growing into a full experience of your salvation is what it says in that verse. Uh, I think there's a verse in Philippians chapter 3. Uh, Paul says, let us live up to what we've already attained. Isn't that an amazing verse? There, there are things we, that have been deposited in our account, victories we've won, uh, things that we have already attained because Jesus did them for us. But Paul says, walk in it. 
Let's live up to what we've already attained. You good, buddy? You, you want some more food? You want to go see mom? You want, you want to stay and help Pat preach some more? You're getting squirmy, bud. Mwah. I'll give you back. See, can't everybody thank Leo for his help today? Like, <laughs> so just like Leo's crying out for his bottle, he's squirming, he's, he knows, feed me. There should be something inside of us that resonates with, Lord, I need more. You know, whatever it is, there's, there's just a hunger inside of me. So the growth will begin to happen. It just it happens like the granddad in the thing. Hey, why didn't you stay a kid? Because you can't. There's, there's growth that has to happen. And part of that process, the next thing that's part of unintentional growth is DNA happens. Do you ever think about that? There is something encoded inside of each one of us. Leo, whether he likes it or not, he's going to end up looking like a mix of Heather and Daniel. There's something that he can't get away from because it's in his DNA. It's been coded in there. He's going to have a certain color eyes. He's going to, he may or may not have hair the rest of his life. I don't know. There, there are things that are already encoded inside of him that they are just going to happen because that's what his DNA says is going to happen. And as you walk, that is an unintentional thing, but it is also a spiritual principle that happens in our lives. Here's a couple of verses for you. First Peter chapter one and verse 23. First uh, Peter says this, your new life is not like your old life. Your old birth came from mortal sperm. Man, are you allowed to say that in church? That's, you don't hear that phrase very often on a Sunday morning, but it came from mortal sperm. And it says your new birth comes from God's living word. Just think a life conceived by God himself. There is DNA he's placed inside of us when we became born again. And the result of that, 1 John chapter 3, 9 says this, No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. Uh, where it says God's seed there is the Greek word sperma, where, where we get the idea of sperm. God has deposited something of his nature inside of us. And Peter says it remains there. It it doesn't go away. It doesn't fade over time. It begins to develop the life of Christ inside of us. Just like Leo can't get away from his DNA, that he's going to look like Heather or Daniel, we can't get away from the fact that God has deposited his life in us and what it's going to produce if, if unimpeded and unhindered, the normal outcome of a Christian life is you end up looking just like Jesus. Isn't that an awesome thought? It's like... As, as much We're going to talk about the intentional part of growth and the part we have to play, but there is just something God deposited in you by his Holy Spirit, and if you just let it go, we are going to grow into the nature and image of Jesus. So he literally impregnated you with his DNA. Just, I don't know, all, the, all these pictures start coming into my mind. The Holy Spirit hovering over the waters at creation. The Holy Spirit overshadowing Mary. There's something that he deposits that begins to produce life. And it changes what was there before into a new creation that begins to grow and develop and look like the order that he's placed. Now, here is the rub. Even though we have DNA, you can still stunt your growth. You, you can do things that will hinder that DNA developing what it was supposed to. If you've, if you've ever seen some of the old photos, you ever see uh, in Japan, the women used to bind their feet. Well, why, why they do that? That sounds painful. They did it because they thought small feet were sexy. Like, hey, this is the, this is the end-all, be-all. If you can have really small feet, so all the women, they would put these shoes on them that would keep their feet from growing past a certain size. Even though their DNA said, hey, you're going to have feet this long and be this tall, they stunted their growth on purpose. 
There, there are things that we do that can stunt our growth, even though we have DNA and are supposed to develop a certain way. We can kill our brain cells through chemicals. Come on, we can choose to eat healthy or unhealthy. We can do things that will stunt our growth. Plastic surgery. Some of it's good. Some of it's helpful to correct things. But sometimes people do it to mar the image of God because they're not happy with it. It's like, God, I don't like the way you created me. I don't like what my DNA is producing. I'm going to change it. You can do things that hinder your growth in the natural. And it is the same thing in the spirit. Even though God has deposited his DNA in us, and he's forming the life and the image of Christ in us, we can do things that stunt our spiritual growth. Come on. Growth, growth that should normally progress in our lives can be short-circuited by the things that we do and the choices we make. Hey, I'm not, I am not going to eat for six weeks. Come on, if, if Leo did that, what would happen? He'd be pretty serious. He'd probably be in the hospital. But we can choose to do things that stun our growth. But if we allow it to progress, DNA will happen. The life of Christ will be formed in us because God placed something inside of us. And here's one other type of unintentional growth that happens that I wanted to hit this morning. Learning happens. Has anybody ever learned something unintentionally? And I I put a picture of a mousetrap on the screen for this one because unintentional learning usually involves pain. Come on, have you ever thought about that? Hey, I, I touched that hot stove as a kid. Guess how many times I touched the hot stove after that? Probably zero. I learned it. I wasn't, I wasn't seeking out to go around the house and think, oh, what should I touch and what shouldn't I touch as a little kid? But I learned something unintentionally. And we, we still go through those experiences as we grow up. We, we eat too much and we get sick. We, we loan somebody our grocery money for the week and they don't pay it back. Come on, do you ever learn? Do we learn lessons unintentionally? And they usually involve pain. And, and it's like we, we grow because of it, and we don't repeat those mistakes. But it wasn't pleasant to learn, was it? Come on. That's, I think that's, if, if the younger generation would catch on to, hey, there's a lot of people in this room that have already experienced a whole lot of pain, and they could tell me something that I don't have to go through, and I don't have to learn it the hard way. It would be amazing. I wish when I was a kid I had grasped that concept. All right? The, the older I got, the, more, the smarter my dad looked. You know, when, when, when you're 18, you know everything, and then you, you get to be 21, 25, 30, and you realize, man, my mom and dad knew a whole lot more than I did when I was 18. But learning happens, and it usually comes through pain. But Proverbs 10.8 says this. Uh, here's a good picture of it. Proverbs 10.8 says, The heart of the wise will easily accept instruction, but the one who does all the talking is too busy to listen and learn. They'll just keep stumbling ahead into the mess they've created. Unintentional learning happens to everybody, but the difference is what do you do with it? And Proverbs talks a lot about wise people and foolish people. And Proverbs says, hey, wise people, you actually learn from the stuff you go through. And and you accept that instruction readily. But he says the foolish people, if if you have other translations, it it may say the fool in that verse. Foolish people don't don't learn. And they just keep stumbling headlong into the mess they've created. And, And we've all... We've either had experiences in our life like that or we've met people like that. It's like you're repeating the same mistake over and over again. Like, aren't you learning from this? Well, why is that? It's because unintentional learning, we're either wise about it and we don't repeat it or we keep going through around the same mountain over and over again and wonder why it's not changing. 
So let's, let's be wise. I, I saw a conversation between two little boys. They were walking down the street and talking to each other, and the one says to the other one, I must be growing up. I just washed my hands without being told to. It's like sometimes you, you may have learned that. Like, hey, I got sick last time I ate my food without washing my hands or it was nag got all over my clothes. Like you learn things unintentionally and eventually if you are wise, you change your behavior and you learn from it. And that's what we're doing is we're growing, even if it's unintentional learning. Uh, we all want to learn. We want to be free from pain in our lives. And this leads to the other type of growth. And it's intentional growth when we actually choose to learn some things and pursue some things before bad, painful stuff happens to us. And this is, we are going to pick up here next week, but this is the main type of growth we're going to focus on as we go through this series because we can help it happen. There, there is a part that we play in our Christian walk, in our growth. It is, it is not, come on, if it was all just Jesus, wouldn't that be nice? Like, hey, I'm just going to sit back and put my feet up and he's just going to make me perfect. Come on, we actually participate in the process. There are, there are choices we make and things that we do. Intentional growth happens to, to cause us to become more like Jesus. We can actually cooperate with what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life. Intentional means things we are aware of and do on purpose. We do them deliberately. So part of growing for New Life Fellowship corporately and for us as individuals this year is we are going to choose to do some things on purpose, to position ourselves to grow, to actually look and be aware of what's going on, make changes where we need to make them, and embrace the growth that Jesus wants to bring into our lives this year. Now, uh, I did see a recent article, and this was convicting to me, a recent article about why many churches never grow beyond a certain number. You know what the, the number one reason was? The number one reason why churches don't grow beyond a certain number had nothing to do with the parking lot, nothing to do with seating capacity. The number one reason was that they continue to think like small churches and don't do things that need to be changed. The whole, hey, it's good enough the way it is, let's just stay right here. And that mentality cripples churches. And, and causes them not to grow. So we can actually choose to grow in areas. I thought about this even in the natural. Like, you want to get bigger muscles? What do you do? You go to the gym. My, hey, you want, can you flex for us, Josh and Jake? It's, which, Josh and Jake, you know, they're getting the shirt. Which way, you know, this way to the gun show. You know, it's, but they know they, they made a conscious decision to do that. I want to grow my muscles. I'm going to go to the gym. I want, I want to pursue some higher learning. I'm going to sign up for a class. There are choices that we make. You know, we, we had a conversation the other day. Uh, for them, uh, growth, <laughs> am I allowed to tell that story? Um, a, a simple definition of growth for young people is, I don't do as many stupid things as I used to. <laughs> I thought, that is really profound. I, I learn, I stop repeating all those mistakes. I don't... Unlike the pain that's associated with unintentional learning, intentional learning helps us avoid those things. And it, it helps us in our walk with God. It helps us in our walk with people. And this is a great example of it. 1 Corinthians 13, 11, uh, the Apostle Paul said this, When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, it's, it's almost like you all say man. When I became a man, what did he do? I put childish ways behind me. He's, he's exemplifying this, this concept we're talking about of intentional growth. He knew, this was the Apostle Paul, you know, this great man of God that had this experience that transformed his life. He was called to go to the Gentiles. He heard Jesus talk to him. He knew the power of the Spirit. He recognized the need to grow. 
And he said, I am going to, to choose to put childish things behind me and pursue this growth. And there is a difference. We'll, we'll pick up here next week. There is a difference between being childlike and being childish. Because the, the connotation in that verse in Corinthians is immaturity. That, that we choose to stay in our mess and we don't think we need to grow and all those things. That's childish. But childlike is just believing, oh, the Father said it, he can do it. Yeah. And there, there is a difference there. But we are going to pursue intentional growth this year. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to declare this. We are going to grow yeah. in, in all of those ways, personally, corporately, whatever that looks like for New Life Fellowship, whatever that looks like for our individual lives. We are each going to choose to grow because we're all going to go there together. Yeah. This new, new Life Fellowship is not the Pastor Chris and Pam show. Is is us. You know, I, I said it's, it's not a building. It's us. And and if we are going to grow, we're going to have to choose to go there together. And and there may be things we embrace that are different than what we've done in the past. We may need to step up and serve in a different area. We may need to decide, hey, we're going to order our lives differently, reprioritize some things. Whatever it may be for you, we're going to grow. And it's going to affect the whole so this morning, I'd like us to go ahead and stand. And what we're going to pray about to start today, before we leave this building, number one, if, if, you've, if you're on the fence, I'd like you to commit to the Lord, yes, I want to grow this year. Whatever that may look like for you, I, I just want you to make that real between you and Jesus, to say, yes, I want to grow in my own personal life and my walk with you, Lord Jesus. But then we're going to pray and say, Lord, what are those specific areas? Is there, is there something that is very tangible that you can speak to me this morning, an area where I need to grow this year? And, and like I said, it's going to be different for all of us. There, there may be an area that he's dealing with you with that is completely not on my radar at all because I'm working on this. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you for the life that you've given us through Jesus. We ask, Lord, I think about David in the psalm saying, make, make me willing, Lord. God, that's, that is part of our prayers. Make us willing, Lord God, to grow, to do the things that you want to do in and through our lives, God. Give us willing hearts. And Lord, as, as we come before you right now as your people, I ask, Lord, that you would speak to each one of us. Where do you want me to grow this year? Just ask him that right where you're standing. Where do you want me to grow this year, Lord? And God, as you speak to our hearts, I ask that you would make it practical to us. Show us things, choices we need to make, steps we need to take, where we could see your desires for growth come forth in our lives. God, I thank you that you don't just wind us up and let us go on our own and hope it happens. But you actually walk every step of the way through the growth process with us. You're right there to encourage us. You're right there to pick us up when we fall. You're right there to get us back on track. So I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for your grace that comes to empower us to do what we need to do. Lord, as we leave this place today, let us go with a renewed mindset, Lord, that we are doing something, that we are growing, that we are changing from the person we were into who you see us as. Lord, continue to let your favor be upon our lives. Continue to let your face shine upon us. Even as we read that verse in Psalms to open the service this morning, let the light of your face, the radiance of your countenance break forth into our lives. And not 
not for our own sake, just so we can be nice people, God, but so that your light will shine through us to others, that people will know that Jesus is alive, that he loves them and he cares for them and wants to have a relationship with them the same way that we have with you, Lord. God, we honor you this morning. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. We ask that you would continue to do it, God. We give you the glory and the honor now in Jesus' name.